Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. Before we meet our guest, I'd like to remind you about our partners at Bet Online, who are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all favorite sports, contests, events with first to market odds and lines. Bet Online is your number one source for the latest odds, teams, matchup info, player news, and game trends, and your continued source for fall wagering info. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or golf. Head to betonline.ag to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Episode 85 of the podcast welcomes Ricky Krautman, a former kicker at Syracuse and William Patterson University. He's also the founder of Ricky Krautman Kicking. Coach, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Coach. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it and uh, looking forward uh, to uh, to talk to you, man, about uh, everything. You know, I'm looking forward to to really express my my gratitude and um and, and to be, you know, honestly, I'm here with you, man. And, and we're here to talk about the kicking game, about the mental stuff, about social media. But um, I'm all in it, man. So thanks for having me, Coach. Absolutely. You know, I, as people can probably imagine, like, I'm friends with most of the kicking coaching world and the kids that have that aspiration to play, maybe college or the current kickers that may, may be thinking about that transition to Sunday or or, or CFL or anything professionally for that matter. But um, what I like about you and we talked pre-recording a little bit is I, I like that you are not afraid to go live with a kid to show mistakes, even about yourself. Right. Like um, I think that's neat. And I always tell my kids uh, when they're in this recruiting world to be unique, to stand out, uh, to find a way to, to catch or draw the attention of those that you want to, which are the college coaches and how do we do that? It's like, well, first of all, don't do the same thing everyone else is doing. And I feel like it's almost like a template now. Kids kids have the same bio, say the same exact thing, post the same exact angle. It's all flawless. It's never, it's never a mistake or an average rep that he then recovers on later. And I think that you are someone who is starting a trend that college coaches appreciate, which is give me the good and the bad because it's my job to evaluate. I have to feed my family on this evaluation. So if I see nothing but flawless reps at your kickball camp with no snap and hold, you better make everything. That's the expectation, right? Right. Um, so before going off too much on a tangent, I, I asked you like last week, like, give me some things to talk about. And one of the first things you said was mental toughness. I'd like you to just talk about like where your mind went. Cause you did, you said that right away. I want to talk about the mind and, and how to teach it to be more resilient. So uh, could you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, well, the mental toughness uh, aspect and the concept of mental toughness can be um, un- very under underrated. Uh, I feel like, you know, when you get into that game situation, you're up for a game-winning field goal or a game-winning extra point or, you know, a, a pressure punt in the back of the end zone or a snap that you got to hit. Otherwise, you know, you, you might lose the game on special teams. 
um, in my sessions and in life, man, I'm all about positivity and, oh, and how to keep that positivity. You know, if we miss, we're all human beings, we're going to miss, um, you know, whether it's, you know, shanking a punt, missing a field goal or extra point to win, to win a game, we could be missing. I mean, I've, you know, I've missed, uh, <laughs> more, more, more than several times in my life. Cause again, coach, we're all human, but, uh, I have a great way of, of when I work with my student athletes and if they do miss in practice or miss in a game, uh, they already know that, listen, it's part of life, but how are you going to snap back right away? How are you going to develop that short memory? So you're not going to miss again, you know, especially if you don't have film right away after that miss, um, a lot of misses stem from kids being nervous, you know, sh having a, you know, shakiness in their legs before they kick. Uh, not, not being, not believing in themselves, not trusting themselves to make that kick. Um, I've been guilty of that. I remember at Syracuse, I remember I got a kick blocked against University of Buffalo, and I knew before the kick that one guy was six six five at University of Buffalo, and I know he was he was he was leading that conference in block kicks, and um, I knew kind of before that kick that it just wasn't get, you know if you have that mentality that anything negative it could be a tenth of a second any any negative mentality you're gonna miss. Or you're not going to hit it, you know, high enough trajectory wise to, you know, to get that over that six foot five guy. So what I do with my kids and again, I try to instill this in practice uh, and help them out in, in, in their school as well. And we'll talk about academics in a little bit. But, um, you know, we're going to mess up at times. Right. We're human beings. So our, my biggest thing is how do we how do we move on from that miss? How do we move on from that negativity? And I tell them self-talk is very important. So. If you doubt yourself, you know, I'm going to miss Oh, I'm not going to make it. It's going to be a shitty kick. Just use my language. Um, you're going to you're not going to have a, a good kick. You're not going to do well in school. If you don't believe in yourself, if you don't study for that quiz test or you don't prepare for those SATs. You're not going to do well. It's all about proper preparation. If we're prepared the right way, we're going to make more than we miss. But even if we, let's say, attempt a 50 something yard field goal, look at Justin Tucker attempting a 60 something yard field goal and he missed. He's the goat and he even missed. Um, and that was a game possible game winner right there or a game tire. And I, you know, I, I feel bad for any kickers I miss, but this is, this is life, man. And my goal with my guys and, um, and student athletes that I work with is to get them mentally tough and how to develop that mental toughness. It's repetition, you know, keep do you know, keep being authentic in my, in my sessions. Um, let the film roll, you know, have these kids, if they do miss, have them make the next kick because that's what college coaches and high school coaches and middle school coaches and NFL coaches want to see. Um, and NFL doesn't really stand for National Football League, stands for not for long. So if you miss, if you miss a few kicks, you're done. In high school, you might have a few chances to redeem yourself. In college, you might have a few chances, but that's it. I remember my first ever, my first ever game on national TV when I was a freshman at Syracuse University. I was on full scholarship and uh, Coach Pascaloni and Coach DeLeon had heavily recruited me out of high school and they ended up giving me a full scholarship. And there was another full scholarship, a few full scholarship kickers on the roster. And I remember this was against Boston College, eighth game of the season, my freshman year. I was supposed to be redshirted that game, which means you sit out, you know, for your first year or, you know, God forbid you get hurt. You, you know, collect a medical redshirt. My situation was and this is back in, you know, 2003, the redshirt rules are very different. So I remember. I was not ready that game week. I mean, again, I was redshirted. So my mind was just kind of like, all right, let me have some fun my freshman year at Syracuse. I'm going to focus on what I got to do because I'm a full scholarship student athlete. But I remember eighth game of the season in the carry dome. This is when it was carry dome. There was 50,000 people at this game, homecoming game. And again, I was out the night before hanging out with my boys, 
doing whatever. Didn't think I was going to even, you know, touch the play. I mean, that was eighth game of the season. The starting kicker for Syracuse gets hurt on a 50, 50 plus yard field goal in, in warmups. And mind you, he was hurt, I, I guess, a little bit the day before in pregame. Coach Pascaloni never really said a word to me. I mean, when he recruited me, he came over the house, whatever. We, you know, we had dinner and this and that, you know, on the recruiting visit. But when I got there, I mean, it's business, man. You got to perform. So when Coach Pascaloni came up to me before the game started and said, hey, Rick, are you ready to play? Are you ready to kick? I said, what do you mean, Coach? I mean, uh, yeah, I'm always ready. What happened? He goes, Colin Barber got hurt before the game. He, you know, he pulled his quad. So I said, wait a second. All right. So my mind went from like not being prepared at all during the week now saying, wait a second. Now I'm in the situation. I got to perform. You know, I'm a full scholarship. I mean, they they basically own me. So I asked Coach Pascaloni, I said, how about the other kicker on full scholarship? I thought, he, you know, is he going to play? I mean, this is the eighth game of the season. I don't want my record to be broken. I want to help the team win. But and he goes, no, he's hurt. He's got a torn ACL. He's a kicker from Pittsburgh. So to make a long story short, right, Coach Pascaloni puts his arm around. He goes, all right, let's see. Let's see your pregame. Let's let's see. You want. Again, there's 50,000 people. It's sold out. My uh, my sister's ex-husband, Greg Toll, was playing at the time. Um, and they were, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. And he was the All-American running back at a out of the high school I went to along with Chris Sims. So he didn't even know I was playing that game. So I was warming up. Coach, I'm not lying to you. I was hitting 55 and 60s in warmups, literally in you know, I had ice in my veins, like ready to go, ready to go. But what happens when the game starts? And I tell this to kids all the time. You can have the best pregame. But when the game starts, we become more of, you know, more nerves, more of a cheerleader. You know, let's go, let's go, let's go. Well, I did that. Coach Pascaloni said, Ricky, you're starting this game after that performance. I mean, you didn't miss one kick. The game starts. We score on the opening play on a kickoff return touchdown. Coach Pascaloni, Kroutman, you're in. Again, I couldn't really hear much because it was deafening inside. You know, it was a carry dome, a lot house. I go in there, first extra point ever on national TV, and I clank the right upright on my extra point in front of 50,000 people. I literally felt like surreal situation. Again, my technique wasn't that good in high school. Even though I was an All-American, my own teammates at Syracuse telling me my, my, were telling me my technique was, was crap. Um, how did you get a full scholarship? And this is before the game. This is in, you know, in, in, in summer camp. And I said, well, rerun my kickoffs. And they saw my kickoffs going 70 plus in high school. Like, oh, that's what. So running back to the game, I go for this first extra point and I just wasn't ready, coach. I just wasn't mentally, physically ready. Even though I had a great pregame, I honestly thought I was like in a, in a bad nightmare. I mean, my steps were bad. I lifted my head bad. I mean, everything that can go wrong went wrong. So I, like a ghost, like I saw a ghost. Coach Pascaloni comes up to me, puts his arm around, and he goes, Rick, you're gonna get another opportunity. We're up six-nothing right now. Trust me, we're gonna we're gonna beat Boston College here. You know, it's home homecoming game, we'll win. I get another opportunity that same game, right? 34-yard field goal, right hash. Do you think I made it or missed it, Coach London? Be honest. It leads into our thing with what type of person you were. Was your preparation dictated by uh, being comfortable with failure because if you didn't prepare to fail before failing in a public setting then i would say that you failed miserably but had you been around a, a coach like you i would like to think that you had been prepared to fail but recover so i don't know that's a tough question i don't know you well enough i just met you yeah well like i said coach division one football division one double a division two it is a business i mean listen i i love i love what i do now and for me it's if I can do this, if I can do this all my life, I'd be very happy. And 
Um, I have a passion to help these student athletes out. And when I was in that situation at Syracuse, I was what, 18, 19 years old. I don't know what to think, man. I go for this 34 yard field goal and I miss wide right. And I'm 0 for 2 on my debut, coach. Hey, they ended up just sitting me out for the second half. That's okay. It's okay. I'll take you, man. I, I'm a tough mofo. We ended up beating Boston College by like 48 points that game. The starting tight end from Rochester, New York, comes up to me after that game and goes, Rick, listen to me. I know you're a freshman, but if you ever miss an extra point on national TV again, I'm going to stick your head in the toilet and you won't be able to breathe. This is what my own teammate said at Syracuse. And I said, wow, that 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 doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't help me very much, but, uh, you know, I'll move on. So from that point on, Coach, I, I started learning kind of those mental aspects like pre preparation, organization, structure, consistency, doing the things on the field, doing the things off the field. I thought I was a little, you know, a uh, little show off from, from Bergen County going into Syracuse, a little show off. Everyone, you know, was the most heavily recruited besides Mason Crosby. We were the two most heavily recruited kickers in the country in 2002, 2001. I mean, I was, I was recruited heavily, man. So was Chase Goggins. My guy went to Florida state, but uh, didn't really see the playing field. Cause Graham Gano beat him out. Uh, Graham Gano's the goat. Um, I know. Yep. Um, and uh, coach, listen, uh, in regards to, in regards to that Syracuse game, though, I mean, I came back my sophomore year. I was redshirted. I was MVP in the weight room. Junior year, I played all 11 games, started all 11 games at Syracuse. I was the third leading scorer on the team. And um, I just started learning mental toughness, how to perform in front of people. That's the toughest part about this. These kids can kick really well with me, one-on-one, -on -one, small group sessions, whatever. And then in the games, you know, we're all human. That Our emotions get the best of us. So how do I get these guys mentally tough? Well, I put them in those game situations. We do running out of the, running off the sidelines, 10 seconds left type situation. So this way, if the situation does arise during the game, like a live game situation or in live practice, when they're competing for a starting job or to keep them themselves in their game, they already know that they have to almost make that kick. They got to put the team on their back. It's about the team. It's not about you. And that's, that's what I really instill in the mental toughness aspect. So I just want to, I just want to say, listen, I'm a positive guy. This is what I do. This is what I do full time, coach kickers, punters, long snappers. And every session that I teach, I go over the mental concept. I can talk for an hour before we even kick about the mental aspect. And how do we deal with pressure situations? How do we deal with nerves? How do we deal with, um, you know, a game winning situation where there's 11 guys on the opposing team barking at you, yelling at you? I remember kicking at Florida State. Guys were barking at me before the kick. How do you block those things out? How do you block distractions out? My biggest thing is when you go up there, you got I know it's easier said than done, but you got to be as visually focused before every kick and literally pick targets out before you kick. That's if you get nervous. I tell guys all the time with obviously squaring your body up and doing the right fundamentals and technique. But you got to pick high and far targets out. So this way, before you kick, you have that mental toughness. You have that positiveness to make the kick because you're already visualizing that kick going through. So I use a lot of breathing mechanisms. Um, I remember I had a brief discussion with the University of Richmond sports psychologist. This is when um, I was at University of Richmond with Dave Clausen. I've been at a few schools, coach. And when I was at Richmond, you know, this sports psychologist was telling me about the mental aspect. And he was saying, Rick, you got to learn how to use visualization techniques. You got to learn how to breathe before you kick and punt or whatever. And I didn't, coach, I didn't punt in high school. I was a full, five full scholars at high school. I didn't punt one one punt. Now look at the game in 2022. 
I could I'm gonna cut I'm gonna cut you off, coach, because we we need to have a whole discussion on the mindset. Um, but I I, I have a lot I want to ask you, and and I I just want to I want to get to that. I want to cut you off because I thought about this with visualization. Tiger Woods in the prime of his life when he was destroying the field, right? When people just did not want to play him on Sunday, when he came out in that red shirt and black pants and that and that black Nike hat even if he was a few strokes back from a guy that was playing the best round of his life, who had prepared probably for a year for that tournament alone, he knew that it, it, he might have to lose that day. And here's why Tiger Woods said when he was dialed in, in the late nineties, early two thousands, hear me out on Wednesday, which is the, which is the last day to prep for a, for a four day major, right? Cause Thursday is the first day. He, on Wednesday night, would lay down, and his daddy taught him this when he was a kid, by the way, that you better have prepared so well that within one hour, you can lay your head in a pillow and close your eyes, tee off mentally on that first hole, and give yourself conditions, by the way. It's a left to right wind, five miles per hour. I'm going to put it there on the fairway because that will give me the best spot to get that approach going he could play every stroke flawlessly in his mind and he would and it would take him about 45 minutes on average he said how many kickers do that none right so i'll leave you with that thought and i think that's powerful and i think that's a great example of one of the best people in the world at what they were were in any given time tiger i don't love the guy personally i think he's made some poor decisions off the course but i will forever credit his dominance i look at michael jordan there's kobe bryant's all these people did what you're saying and i think kids hear often from coaches that it takes a little bit more than your on-field prep and i wish kids would open their ears to this because these aren't just like words like these aren't just things to say and fill time for coaches these are examples of what the best did and shared so I thank you for that, but I want to shift it to the importance of academics because you talked about mental toughness, but I think it takes a smart individual to realize the importance of mental toughness. And I also think as specialists who should help with the collective team GPA, right? Um, because there is such a thing like at Elon or Florida State or Syracuse, I don't care where we are, the collective GPA must be to a certain standard or budgets get cut. So I hate to be like this. I don't want to generalize, but your quarterbacks and your tight ends and your offensive linemen and your kicker, punter, and snapper are generally speaking the smartest kids in a football team. So I am not taking a risk on a on, on a on a bad kicker academically. I'm not doing it. There's too many kickers out there that are equal in ability that are great students. So I would like you to talk about your vision or your perspective, I should say, on the importance of academics. Well, yeah, coach, good points. Um, I, I do believe academics, besides family, it's the most important aspect uh, in, in life. I mean, without a great education, without a goal, good school system, um, it's going to be hard for you to kind of succeed and, and be consistent and be passionate um, about certain things, especially if you want to major in a specific you know, major in college. Um, Ever since I was younger, I always loved sports. I always loved, you know, athletics. I always loved soccer. Soccer, you know, got me to where I am today. And then once I got into high school, academically, um, right when I was a freshman, I mean, I was pretty much a straight-A student. I worked my butt off in school. I sucked, <laughs> basically sucked off uh, 
sucked up to all my teachers. And, um, you know, I, I stayed after school and, you know, I, I did what I can to, you know, to be that guy. I mean, I was teacher's pet senior high school. Um, <laughs> whatever I could, because my test scoring wasn't great. Uh, like I was saying, coach, uh, standardized test was always very, very tough for me. So for me to really succeed and be consistent in school, it took a lot. Of, it took a lot of hard work, especially to qualify for the schools that I was getting recruited by in high school, which were a lot of obvious schools. So Princeton, Harvard, Yale, Brown were all recruiting out of high school, but they're all wanted at least a 1200 on my SAT out of a 1600. Now that's, that's, that's up. Now there's more um, advancement in technology, more advancement in academics and education that kids are getting higher SAT scores than, than ever before. But back in, you know, the late nineties, I mean, I don't even think we could use calculators. I, I mean, everything was, everything was very different. So my philosophy on, on academics is like, and I tell all the kids, this is, if you're not the best test taker, I mean, get your, get your, uh, you know, your tutors, you know, stay after school, learn from your teachers. I mean, that's what they're there for, especially public schools. You don't have to pay for these public schools. You're there to learn, to get an education, take advantage of the resources that you have at your, at your school, stay after do that. I'm sure your head coach, your assistant coaches will understand school is the most important thing. Otherwise you're not going to see the playing field. And that goes for in high school and in college. If you don't do well in school, you're not going to see the playing field. So, I maintained pretty much a, over 4.0 GPA throughout my whole four years of high school. And that really helped me qualify for, you know, a lot of these schools that were offering me full scholarships. So like Syracuse, for instance, okay, Rick, you, you know, you got over a thousand, but uh, your GPA was a 4.9. How do you get so well academically? You got to study. I mean, for me, I'm not, I'm innately bright to an extent, but I have to study for everything. Being prepared the week, not the night before, do not procrastinate. You always want to be prepared the week before, the week of, and, um, and study, 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 because honestly, when it comes down to it, and if you're asking for letter recommendations from your teachers, they're not going to give you them. If you're not taking the time and doing the things that these teachers want you to do is go to class, be consistent in the classroom. And again, that'll translate on the field. So my biggest thing, I was an all American in high school, all American kicker. And I definitely attribute that to how good my academics were at the public school that I went to. So when you look at academics um, in the public school realm, and this goes for parochial schools too, or IMG, whatever, I, you got to go to class. You got to stay consistent in class. And that'll, uh, that'll actually help you perform better on the field. And, um, you know, I, I definitely believe in that. And academics, man, I have a really good memory. And I know that uh, when I used to study for tests, I always loved using my memory and repeating things after this and that. And that goes for football too and kicking. You repeat the same technique, you repeat the same skill consistently, you're going to get better. You're going to get consistent and you will help your team win games. Um, and that goes for the classroom, too. You will help your your football team achieve that high GPA. But it's all it's about you, though. I mean, yes, it's about the team. But when it comes to academics, it's about what you can do to help yourself out to succeed on the next level. And I truly believe that academics and again, a lot of kids think that. You know, oh, they look at Justin Tucker. They look at these guys in the NFL. I mean, yeah, they're they're getting paid millions of dollars to kick a ball. But Justin Tucker went to one of the best academic schools in the entire country, University of Texas. I mean, these guys are smart, man. Um, and, you know, that's what it takes. It takes a lot of hard work. And if you're not the most, let's say you can't just go to class and not take notes. And I always had to take notes. And I remember when I was a freshman at Syracuse. And I don't like to say this on, especially this is a live recording. I failed nutrition at Syracuse. I failed that class because I never went to class. And I was a goody two-shoes in high school. I went to every class. But something about Division One football freshman year, 
I got caught up with the whole college life stuff. And I remember it didn't really go to class because they didn't check up on me. I didn't have to go to study hall. What happens when you fail a class, though, coach, in college? You have to do what? Well, I mean, I don't know. I've never failed a class, I'll be honest. Like, I worked my ass off. I wasn't innately smart either. So I honestly don't know the answer to that. And I think it's dependent on how talented you are, unfortunately. I think a lot of running backs fail classes that we don't know about. But I think that if you're a kicker and you fail a class, uh, it's it's not looking. It's 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 probably I don't care unless you're Justin Tucker. Maybe I don't even think Justin Tucker would have had that liberty in college to fail a class. I don't even. In fact, in fact, I don't think that that would have been a part of his process. So I think if you're failing a class, it's an indication how good you are on the field, like you mentioned. Um, I I really don't like to think about things like that because my expectations of my kids are to be resourceful, to utilize your network, to to draw from people. Hopefully your peers take pride in it. And if they don't stick with the football field with those kids, but like in the classroom, I'm, I'm sitting as far away as I can. Like when I was in high school coach, I had some really good friends that were really good football players, but really bad students. And they were in my classes and guess what? They knew that was my time. I separated. I sat with kids that weren't my best friends, but they were my, my, my classmates, the ones that were trying to learn that were like, oh, I knew that Billy over here to my left, if I didn't hear that or didn't see it right, Billy would help me. But my, my, my offensive tack on the back row, he was getting a D in the class. I had, I had other things on my mind. Right. So I really hope that I don't ever have to answer that. Um, and I'd like to think that most kickers that make it realize that this is a blessing. This is very hard to get what you and I did. To get the opportunity, Privilege. right? To get to get in the damn locker room? Are you kidding me? Like if 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 I could get in that locker room, and I did. I damn sure wasn't going to lose that because of a class. I, I I promise you that. Coach just said to me at Syracuse, the coaches that recruited me, Ricky. Listen, I mean, you came in here, you failed your conditioning again, Coach. I was an All American in high school, and I started be slacking off my senior year, coming home at three in the morning, you know, from you know get-togethers because I thought I was, you know, what. Um, and I get to Syracuse and I fall flat on my face on these 16-110s along with my uh, my friend Jamil McClain. That doesn't look good, coach. I mean, you got to be prepared. And the reason I have so much mental toughness and so much passion in what I do is from my experiences. And I, I want to touch on something um, that you that you posted uh, yesterday or the other day on TikTok um, about form and about making mistakes, you know, when, when we were younger. All the best coaches have made big, big mistakes. And now they get to teach their kids. How do we, how do we learn from those mistakes? How do we learn from, okay, you don't go to class, you failed nutrition. Well, go to class. Um, you know, you didn't get a, you don't have a good GPA in high school. You got to go to class and, and suck up to your teachers a little bit, you know, got to, you got to make yourself available, show them that you care. You're not getting through college. If you don't maintain a high GPA. Um, I know, you know, some schools are a little bit different, but Syracuse, they're, it's one of the best schools in the country academically. So my thing is, was I was I was very upset at myself when I when I came home and, uh, you know, from winter break. And after we got our butts whooped against Georgia Tech, Calvin Johnson whipped their butt down down in the uh, Champ Sports Bowl back in the day. I remember coming home from that and looking at my looking at my resume and looking. I saw that F there. And, and the coach that recruited me said, Ricky, we didn't you know, we recruited you for a reason. That struck me. And again, these coaches are making a difference in these kids' lives, not just, you know, D1 football coaches. And I just want to say, uh, and um, I don't know Coach Leach personally, but um, I do know. And again, I just want to um, say rest in peace to a great coach. Uh, you, you never know what tomorrow brings. And this guy was well-respected by by the whole world on, on his rela professional relationships he has with his students. 
And I'm sure he made a lot of mistakes growing up, and we all do, Coach. I'm sure you've made mistakes, even Coach. I mean, we all do. We're 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 not we're imperfect. And my thing is, I just want to help these kids out, man. And as I, if I can share my stories with them, and I can share my stories with you, I feel like I'm I'm making a difference. And um, it's not just about kicking 55 yard field goals. Again, we talked about you know certain kids that you know have gone a long way. I mean, that's great, but they have to keep up their academics and. I'm on them all the time about that because I, I talk to college coaches about it, man. I, I'm, I'm close with a lot of college coaches and I want to make sure that it's not it, my reputation is always at stake. Um, and I, I can't have my guys going under a 3-0 my G, in, in their GPA. But most I would say most, if not all, my students are over a 3-0 and they work their butts off. And um, but I totally agree with you, coach, on that on that notion and that ask that, that those concepts of you will become a better coach because of our mistakes that we've made in our, you know, in the beginning of our lives or the middle of our lives, whatever, man. Cause again, we're all going to miss kicks. We're all going to, you know, maybe flunk a test here and there. It, it happens, but how do we bounce back? How do we bounce back from that? You know? Yeah. I want to, I want to interrupt you again with, with Leach, you know, rest in peach, Mike Leach. Uh, and I, you know, I, I actually had some affiliations. He, he coached uh, my long snapper Rex, Rex Robich this year. Who's from my hometown. And then Massimo Viscardi, who trains a lot with me, he's not from here. He's from like about an hour and a half south of me. But so I had I had two specialists that played for Mike, and Mike brought Moss in from Coastal Carolina last year. Moss was the best FCS kicker in the country, and um, I was very curious to hear the, their perspective on him on a day to day basis. And what they said was kind of what you're saying uh, to a T is. Mike Leach wasn't afraid to fail. In fact, I mean, if you looked at the history of him at Valdosta State back in the day, he implemented a system that was never in place before. So he was a pioneer, right? And pioneers, like, I don't want to use bad examples, but I won't. People who do things first, I'm not going to name names. They failed more times than you've succeeded, right? That's why that they that's why they're the most successful. You have to be okay with failing miserably. Because if you don't, if you don't know what's wrong, or if you don't know the f the levels of wrong, you don't know the levels of right either. And I think a lot of people get complacent and they get to a level that's safe, but they know deep down it's not the best version of themselves. And I think it's our jobs as coaches to make people feel uncomfortable with getting a little bit worse before they they make it that much better, you know, to that that much closer to where their best version of themselves is. And I think a lot of people in the kicking industry are more than okay with kids being complacent. As long as they keep coming to my camp and they keep getting that four star, maybe four and a half star uh, where everyone sits. Um, the realization is this, the five stars, I guarantee you go home and fail miserably and refine often to perfect. Um, and I think that that's just life. I don't think that's just football or kicking. I think that we can relate that to almost anything. Uh, people, people fail miserably. Thomas Edison guarantee you, you feel more. And Ben Franklin, I would say in the history of humankind, they're probably 99 percentile on failure. Go look at Abraham Lincoln's resume. I mean, he failed 16 times in Congress and whatever, you know, before even the presidential races, people don't talk about that because it's not sexy. Nobody wants to hear that. They, they want to think Abe Lincoln just fell out of bed and freed the slaves and became the 16th president. Not true. Not true at all. It never has, never will be. But unfortunately, what's presented to these kids is some people were born great. I don't argue that they're born great, but like you said, it's innate. They're given it, but it's definitely earned. 
100%. It's most definitely earned. Yeah. Last uh, last question I want to address. Social media. You're very good at it. And I like you because you're consistent with it. You do it on varying platforms. It's targeted, right? It's definitely a kicking focus. Special teams focus, I should say. Could you give me like a minute or two about what you would suggest other than people reference you, of course, like what it is you're doing? Because I just said you're pretty good at it. But what do you think or maybe like like, like what is the most positive thing you see in, in what kids are doing? But also like what's the thing that you really would like to see kids do that they're not? Well, again, not not many. <laughs> there's not too many uh, coaches and people and in, uh, in general out there that can, uh, I guess, do it. And again, I'm not trying to sound like cocky by saying this or um, I'm very passionate in what I do. So when I do my TikTok videos, when I do my Instagram videos, you know, they're all pretty much interrelated in regards to like whether it's a, a commentary or um, I, I know Pat McAfee does a great job on what he does. You know, he's <laughs> he's like the goat of commentary for kickers, punters and long snappers and special teams. Um, for me, it's just like I just want to be myself and help these guys out uh, on social media, whether it's, you know, new students who are reaching out to me. Hey, coach, listen, um, I see that your your videos, I mean, they're going viral. You have great content. Do you mind if I send you a video? You can critique it and then, you know, hopefully post it and and do a TikTok rating on it. And that really makes me feel happy. The TikTok rating stuff that I do, like he's a fight. Listen, that's I love I love to do that because it's fun. But a lot of kids will hit me up because they want more exposure. They want more colleges looking at them. They want people looking at them, you know, and that's that's a surge of social media. Everyone wants their views. I get it. Everyone wants this. I mean, there's platforms now that pay you, you know, um, I'm not going to lie. I get paid by, on, on TikTok. I mean, and that's not why I post, though. If TikTok never paid me, I'd still be posting 10 videos a day. I love helping my student athletes out and getting them more exposure. Mind you, I did not have Twitter. I did. I've had Twitter since 2015, coach, but I've never really been active on it until maybe like a year ago. And I went from having like, you know, 300 followers on it now, you know, to, you know, 12 over 1200. And that's not, that's not overnight, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no, no, no one special really to, to get something like that overnight. My, I work hard on, on my videos. I create, you know, innovative, creative, creative captions and um, allowing students to express themselves. And I think from what I do and from all these kicking coaches, I'm kind of setting a, like a platform. These kids are posting videos every day. These kickers and punters and long snappers. I mean, again, I didn't long snap in college, but I get multiple every day. I get 15 to, to 50 emails and Instagram. Hey coach, can you post my video? I love your content. Can you do more? I want to get noticed. Um, do you have any suggestions? Do you have any advice? So me on, this is, this is what 2022 is about though. Everyone's on social media. Everyone on the mother is on social media because that's the easiest way to get looked at. I've always been a very confident guy, but TikTok has definitely helped me express what I really love to do. And that's to help these student athletes out. And it, it could be from commentaries. It can be from, you know, just showing. And I love the way you break down Coach Lundy, your videos, because you, I know you're a very technical sound guy. Um, and I appreciate that because I am too. I know I don't really sometimes say it as much in my videos. It's more just kind of like, you know, just fun, entertaining. But that's another, that's a component that I want to start you know, being more consistent and bring in, I, I do trust me, coach, I teach and I do everything I can to the best ability. But when I get them on video, I get super, I get super stoked for these guys, man. I get super psyched up and I get, I get pumped, you know, and, um, but the teaching and the technique talk is never thrown out. Um, and there's a lot of stuff they don't see on film that you guys don't see on film that, 
is so, so imperative to developing these student athletes lives. I'm here as a life coach for them as well. Not just, I'm not their parents, man. You know, I'm just here to help them out and get them into a school, hopefully. And um, whatever I can to help them out. Hey, social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, I can do it every day. And I will, I will do the best I can to help these kids out, man. And um, again, coach, I, you know, I love what you do as well. So this is a great, this is a great match for us to be on this podcast together because um, social media is very powerful. And I do post negative stuff as well sometimes with some of my kids missing, but it's not really negative. It's, it's, this is what college coaches are going to want to see anyway. So if I do post a miss on social media and the kid starts feeling bad for himself or the parent reaches out to me and says, Hey, can you take that down? I mean, listen, I'm here to get these kids mentally tough, man. Not everything is perfect. That's why colleges want to see rolling films on the videos because they know that kids are going to miss. I've had parents reach out to me before. Hey, coach, can you put all makes? I don't want any misses. I don't want any negative stuff. And I tell them straight up, Division one college special teams coaches tell me that they want to see if it's one or two misses from like, you know, even a 35. They want to see how bad or good that miss was. And I definitely strive hard, coach, to to do my best as a perfectionist and get these and get these kids to be more perfectionist with their technique and stuff. But the bottom line is no one's perfect, coach. And I will post I will post the misses because how are these kids going to get better mentally? Going back to that mental toughness real quick. How are these kids going to get more mentally tough if we don't if we're not real with them coach i am authentic and that's why social media is such a great platform and tool for everybody because it, it shows your authenticity and um and that's where i come in and i i think i've i've set the the platform and my energy is my energy is crazy man and i i this is how i am natural personality um and this is <laughs> and i love i love being myself and um these kids that hit me up every day i just want to say listen I just want to say I'm gratitude the gratitude thing, coach. We talked about this pre-recording too, but um I am very, I am very blessed to be in the situation I am now, especially with 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 the powerful, again, the powerful tool of social media. And again, always watch though, always watch. And I tell this to you and everybody else, you know, if you have any advice and about social media, always watch what you post, but never be afraid and never, never fear fear failure, like you said. Um, and I guarantee you, you will get a big following. And um, be be authentic and um, show 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 the country who you really are. Show the world who you really are. It's not just Crowdman and kicking coach. I'm a, I'm Ricky Crowdman. I'm a, I'm a life coach and I'm a mentor for these kids. And um, for everyone else that doesn't think that I'm you know that oh I just post these funny entertaining videos these kids making kicks. Listen, there's kids right now that starting in eighth grade they weren't getting. They were making any extra points. Now I got a kid at Rutgers in a state, New Jersey State football, high school football championship, taking a 46-yard field goal to win the game. Social media has developed confidence in these kids, man. It's developed confidence in, in, in coaches. And I can see that, you know, with, with one-on-one kicking and these other coaches like you, Coach, and all the, the Northeast guys and, and Coach Novak out in California and all these guys and throughout the world, man. They're doing a great job with the kids because – they're really helping them out with, with the mental aspect. They're helping them out with the uh, the fundamentals and technique, the recruiting. Okay, that's a lot of – listen, a lot of the kids that reach out to me want to want to get, you know, recruited. All of them do, you know. A few kids might not want to play per se, but most of not all those guys – most of not all the guys that reach out to me want to get recruited. So I say to them, listen, social media, how do you get active on Twitter? A lot of these kids that I talk to, Coach, don't even have a Twitter. Um, and Twitter is very underrated. 
Um, and but it's so important because most, if not all, college coaches are on Twitter. I want to. I got to interrupt you about failing. So, and why I like you, I mentioned pre-recording that you um, aren't afraid to post and miss, and then a guy recovering and making one. I think here's the thing: uh, the NFL Combine. You know, Kyra Santos is one of my favorite students I've ever had, and he got the opportunity to go. And he had been a Lou Groza winner as a junior, went 21 for 21, uh, seven outside 50. I mean, big, big boy football, right? Um, But Joe Judge, who, you know, eventually became the New York Giants. But at the time, Joe Judge was Bill Belichick's special teams coordinator. And he was in the stands in Indianapolis. And he sent, uh, he sent it to Cairo later. But basically, he circled and starred Cairo's name. And it was, and there were all the draft eligible kids that were there and he had notes, but he sent it to him. And he's like, you know why I liked you more than everybody else in terms of kickers. And he, he, he wasn't sure. Uh, so he, he just didn't, he didn't know. I was like, I don't, I, I don't have a clue because he missed one and another guy missed one. So he, he had no idea why it stood out. He's like, you're the only person that I couldn't tell if something negative happened to you with your body and how you transitioned. He missed a 47 left. And when it happened, he looked at the ball, exhaled, and then immediately transitioned to the next ball. There was no shrugging of the of the shoulders or head down or snapping the finger or a verbal F-bomb. Um, and I think that that came through failing, right? He failed a lot. And he's damn sure not going to show a reaction to a failure in the most important time in his life. Cause had he say he had been reactive that day, who knows? He may never have got a chance because he wasn't highly sought after the, the kid was five, nine, one sixty played at Tulane had one good year, it, but it's about that. So I think that you being unique and doing the little things, uh, showcasing the failure, but the response to it and how important that is, that's a great example of why I think that's empowering an athlete more so than a five-star. Um, so leading into that, I want to congratulate you on starting this Krautman kicking. Um, I started fourth down you. This is, this is about to be year four. So I, I understand the challenges of establishing a brand, um, you know, especially in this industry, you know, the kicking industry, what was your motivation in starting Krautman kicking and, uh, could you credit maybe one or two specialists that you just you're just proud of? Not necessarily your best kid, but give me an example of someone that started here, but damn, through belief in oneself and trusting me and working with with the kids that are involved in my program, we changed this boy's life. Yeah, so crowdman kicking uh, again, soccer, playing soccer all my life definitely helped me transition to the kick. I remember the uh, the head football varsity. Coach Arample High School came down in his golf cart. This is when I was a fresh, eighth grade, excuse me. And he goes, Rick, I know you play soccer, but I heard you have one of the best legs on the soccer team. So he says, can I see a few kicks? I started kicking in front of the head coach. And um, he goes, wow, you got college potential. And I only had one or two lessons previously for kicking. He goes, if I were you, because in the state of New Jersey, you cannot play soccer and football in the same season. You know, I would do football because you're going to have you're going to get money for this one day, you know, from college. So I said, really? And I, I told the soccer coach what he said. And he goes, he's right. So I decided to to play, you know, to compete for the varsity spot. I, I I had the leg for it, and I made varsity as a freshman in high school. Ever since then, ever since I kicked my 42-yard field goal against Greg Olson in the in the eighth game of the season, my freshman year of high school, to put the game in overtime, 
Um, I knew kicking was for me. So once college hit Syracuse and then, you know, when William Patterson, um, I knew that coaching and helping kids out was for me because I did. Um, and I, again, failure is a, is a very big word. And it's a, it could be a word where people are like, oh, you failed. That's terrible. Well, we wouldn't be here today without our our imperfections, our failures. So the reason I started Kroutman Kicking because I want to do the best I can for these kids uh, so they're getting exposure, so they're getting better at the craft, they're getting better in school, they're getting better as maybe men or women as they get older, um, not only what their parents teach them, but I can be a life coach as well. So I consider myself I consider myself as, yes, a professional kicking, punting, and long snapping coach, but also as a life coach and a, and a mental coach. And um, with that being said, I feel like – when I first started this uh, business, and again, it's not really a business, but grappling kicking, you know, you say LLC. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's a business. Obviously, I started this, you know, back in 2014, 2015. Um, I don't know what to expect, you know, but again, with the advancement of technology, the advancement of social media definitely helped me, you know, build my brand. And from there on in 2022, I'm doing the best for these kids. And going on to what you said about certain kids that have succeeded, with me. Um, and again, it might not have been from the start. They might have missed kicks from the start. They might not have been focused. They might not have like liked kicking at all, but they stuck with it. Even though they might not have expressed that, they stuck with it. They stuck with that mental toughness. And one student I want to point out uh, that I've worked with since he was in seventh grade, now he's going to be a senior next year at Ulta Pan High School, New Jersey, is Nico Adamanelli. This is a kid who literally was five foot nothing in eighth grade. Now he's six, six two, I think, already. And junior year, this kid goes down to Rutgers for the state championship and nails two field goals, kicks, you know, kicks touchbacks. He hit a 46-yard field goal with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, okay, with wind in his face. And all those pressure situations that we were talking about, the mental toughness stuff that we we're talking yeah. about, now it hits. Now he's like, wait a second. The other team called, you know, iced me. What are you doing on ice? Well, you just don't stand there. You got to warm up. You got to, you know, stretch and you got to be mentally confident. This kid goes in and friggin' nails against the win, a 46-yard field goal to essentially win the game for Old Japan. And now he's getting looks from a lot of schools because now, you know, I'm Mr. Poster. I post a lot of videos. I mean, he's just one guy. I mean, I have another guy at MetLife Stadium, uh, Luke Montaigne, another state championship guy. Again, Old Japan had won the state championship because Nico's 46-yard field goal. Now we go to, to MetLife Stadium, you know, used to be Giant Stadium, where my guy Luke Montaigne, he's a senior at the Paul Catholic. And he's now in field goals and essentially helps the Paul win the state championship. Um, and, and Luke, I've only known for about a year, maybe a year and a half. And we've developed a great professional court with each other. Uh, you know, Nico and I've known each other since seventh grade. And these kids have def definitely just risen mentally, physically in the classroom as family members, um, guys that, you know, these colleges should really be looking at. There's again, I know you said too, there's one more guy I have that suffered a, a crazy injury on a rugby punt this year in high school. His name's Joe Fergali, and he was hurt for about six weeks. He comes back from that injury and nails like a 40-plus yard field goal in, in, in November, man, or late October, November. And this is a kid who literally pops something in his hip or something like that and comes back the last, like the last game of the season, hits a 40-plus yard field goal and wins the game <laughs> for, um, for Roxbury High School. So, again, I have a lot. Listen, I can go on and on about students that I've worked with. Um, and you know, there's, listen, all the guys I've worked with are great, great kids. All my student athletes are great. Um, but the, the guys that specifically I mentioned have come through in these crazy pressure situations that may, you might not even thought as a coach, like, wait, this kid really just did that. 
so I'm very proud of these guys, man. Um, I'm very blessed to be on your show. Number and again, I just want to say that again, uh, Dan, you do, coach, you do a great job with your guys, and um, and I just want to say, um, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to to help you out as well to you know to get you know to get more you know even even not 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 necessarily more students just just to learn more about just coaching and, and teaching kids and um i don't coach do you mind me asking how old you are 40 so you got two years on me so you know the deal as we get older we learn more we have more experiences mm. and stuff so i bet you can teach me a lot about you know life and in failure and in and, and um and sacrifice and and things humbleness the things that we've talked about and uh, I just want to mention these guys that have changed. These guys, these guys have changed. They're, they were they were shy guys, you know, shy guys in high school. Now they're now they're Mister Confident, you know. They're they're in high school. They're showing off and uh, in modest ways, you know. And um, they're, I'm just so proud of these guys, man. And uh, I'm definitely blessed to have them in my life. And I'm here to really, you know, set them up for success, not failure. And um, you know, have fun while I do it. You know, for having fun while you learn is the most important thing. So, yeah, I just want to thank you too. You know, you. I, why I asked you to come on was the passion that you mentioned, the, the energy that you bring. And uh, it's, it's just, again, it's consistent. Like when I first saw it, I was like, Jesus, this, this guy must've had a hell of a day. Like he is excited as shit to be on a field with kids. But when I saw it like a year later and it was every day in between, I started following you a little more just cause I think it's exciting that, like you said, man, it is bigger than, I think the best coaches, uh, kicking, whatever, linebacker, receiver, you've got to show a person, a family, the athlete that you care first. And I know it's very cliche, but it's very true. Um, I know several people that that are very intelligent and very bright coaches, but ineffective because they really don't care about the person they're coaching. Um, and I've learned that I almost stepped away from this like a decade ago like entirely because I I'm a finance major. I, I have other options, you know, but right. there was always that thing that drew me back. And I finally realized what intrinsically motivated me was much more than the making the kid a better kicker. It's what you said. It's, I want that kid to attack life the way that I want him to attack kicking. Right. Um, and obviously I care about kicking a lot, but I think that it permeates through other things in your life if you do it the right way. So I really want to thank you for for coming on. And I'd like uh, I'd like you to offer like at least one or two ways, because I know you're on several platforms, but perhaps even like an email or or, or some way they could reach out uh, anyone that listened that might want to talk to you. Yeah. So we have Ricky Krautman kicking. We have Ricky Krautman kicking. But when you research me and look me up, it's Krautman kicking. So K-R-A-U-T-M-A-N, like Krautman and kicking. And that's my Twitter. That's my Instagram. On TikTok, it's just Ricky Krautman. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I definitely stay active on all of them. Facebook, uh, Ricky Krautman. But the biggest things, Instagram and Twitter, I mean, that's the easiest way to connect with college coaches. Even TikTok, there's a lot of college coaches on now. But most most of them are on, on active on Twitter. Um, and ways to really get yourselves out there. Persistent, consistent. Uh, make sure you're working hard in the classroom, number one. And I just want to say, Coach, before, we, before I give that other piece of advice, I didn't mention this, and I just want – this is probably one of the most important things I'll mention all day. Yes, I had some failures. Yes, whatever. It is what it is. Life is too short to, to regret or to move on. If anybody, if any student athlete gets a full ride anywhere, you better bet they should stay at that school. I don't care how depressed you are on how whatever 
mental illness you got, you're getting a free education at one of the best schools in the country. That's why I don't understand. We could talk for hours about the transfer portal stuff, but if you're getting a full scholarship somewhere, especially at a, a school like Syracuse, you stay at that school. And um, I listen, I graduated at Division Three school. It doesn't matter. I have my degree in phys ed, health, and driver's ed. I have my K-12 teacher cert. And that's after, again, failing some, like nutrition, for instance. People are like, oh, you're not. I got a phys ed job right, right away. And I still get head coaching positions. And I have my teaching, teaching cert in Colorado. I, I, I get numerous people offer me, like, you know, jobs. But this is where I want to be in, in, in New Jersey, in this tri-state area. Um, it's just where all my students are. And the easiest way, listen, the easiest way to get out there especially now, and they're free. They're free outlets. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Share with all your outlets. This way, you know, you share those videos, you promote more views, you get more exposure. Um, and be yourself, be confident, and, and always stay positive because life is too short. Um, you just never know what tomorrow brings. That's why I don't hold back, Coach. That's why I've, I've shared my life with you guys over this podcast because um, I wish I could talk for, other, for, for another 10 hours, but um, I love what I do and I love who I am and I wouldn't change it. Honestly, there's things I need to get better. Even as a coach, we're not perfect, but, um, I'm very, I'm very proud on the success I've had with, with Crowdman kicking, but it's all about these kids seeing these changes that I've made in their lives, man, seeing the parents cry after the games, like hugging me and saying, you've done such a good job for these kids. Like that makes me very, that makes me feel special, but, um, I appreciate you coach. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, let's, let's, Let's conquer this, man. Let's get these kids. Let's get these kids out there and and get them uh, get them exposure. So this way, and I want to have a camp with you one day. Maybe we, maybe Luke and the Tanoff, whatever. We can all have a, a like a like a kicking like a big camp or something like that and have some fun and and really truly do this because we because we love because we love to do this. And um, I'm down to do it. You know, we could do TikTok ratings. Yeah, the, the the perfect the purpose of this show is to to build bridges. And I may I mention it all the time, and you just said it and. I'm all for it. You know, I think that there's a lot of closed doors in in industries, especially the kicking industry. And I think that the ones who close their door um, are extrinsically motivated, like the money is the issue or the retention of clients and don't go elsewhere because you're my client. And I think that's short sighted and I think it's fleeting. And I think that those people in 10 years might not even be around anymore. It's the people that are intrinsically motivated, that generate their passion and their fuel, their fire, whatever you want to say through the things that are that are withstanding like love and compassion and 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 just you're you're proud for someone else's success not yours somebody else's i think that if you have these intrinsic this, this intrinsic nature i should say what you do um you can do this for the rest of your life and people can smell it they can feel it they can taste it um it's authentic right it's real um there there's no sales and I don't want to name names, but there's a lot of really, really good salesmen in the kicking industry. And uh, they disguise themselves in the form of stars and rankings. And I'll, I'll be dead ass. I mean, I, I I usually try to withstand these feelings, but you mentioned enough today indirectly. I'm going to say it. There are good and bad people in the kicking world. And um, the, the bad ones are charlatans. And they're exposing your kids' extrinsic nature through the form of a star and a ranking. And in the end, a college coach couldn't care less about what X, Y, or Z oh. kick, kicking combine thinks you are relative to everybody else. Instead, what they should do is talk about the good and the bad, form a profile, and give some film samples. Because in the end, the college coach who has to feed their family on this decision 
is going to make the decision without your final word or my final word. What our word counts is in consideration of. But in the end, I can assure you one thing. Stars and rankings are probably 20th on the hierarchy of importance. But what you mentioned is vital. How does he look on that moment of failure? Oh, look at that next ball. It was his best ball. Or, you know, all, all these things you mentioned, like how is how are his grades? There's so many things to be considered. And I think what's promoted on these platforms, unfortunately, are the things that are at least important, like what someone thinks you are in terms of a star ranking. It's hard to differentiate 176, four and a half stars this year at Jamie Coles. I'll say it. And I hear it all the time. So, it, you know, and that's why they don't like me, but that's okay. Cause I, I do, I do challenge people who I think could do better, especially my players, but you don't think I'm going to hold my peers accountable. I would like to think that people will be honest with me too. And I'm grateful when they are, it's not always a compliment. You think it's always, I, I, you should hear the feedback I get sometimes. Um, I'm grateful for both positive and negative feedback um, because I, I don't take it personally. No, you can't. Right? Yeah. I use, I used to, um, but I think, I think instead I digest it and I give it time. I breathe over it. I pray on it, whatever, whatever I need to do before I synthesize a plan in order to maybe make accommodations to that person who gave me a suggestion in terms of being better. And I'd be a hypocrite if I was intolerant to negative feedback because I give it often as a coach, I tell someone when they're not doing something well, Yeah. Yes. so why shouldn't I receive it? Right. Um, so I yeah. like what you said, you finished my words. Don't yeah. take things personally. Stop taking things personally, accept it as a challenge, whatever, but don't take it personally because when we take it personally, we start feeling sorry for ourselves. We start feeling sorry for ourselves. We start getting stagnant and or complacent. And then you start quitting, right? Um, so anyway, please uh, give us a five-star review. Subscribe to the show. Share with a friend. We were honored to have Coach Ricky Krautman on. If you have questions, suggestions, or future topics for guests, or if you just have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. Uh, my website is fourthdownu.com. And uh, probably easiest to get me on Twitter or Instagram at fourth down you. That's four T H D O W N U. Thanks again for having us. Or, <laughs> thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. And we'll see you next time with an exciting new guest. I hope this winter is treating each you well. Um, as we're recording this, we are twelve days ish away from Christmas. So, so enjoy this time with family, and I will see you soon. And all things, give thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.